just with your eyes closed this morning. I encourage you to do whatever it is that you do to open yourself up to Him. For many, it would be to lift your hands. I want to invite you to lift your hands right now. For many of you, it's just closing your eyes, opening your heart, whatever it is. I'm going to try not to use my words to persuade the moment at all. It's just that I sense that He wants to do something this morning in all of us, setting us free from something. So I want to give Him some space to do that. We worship You here this morning, Lord. You're our Lord and You're our God. Holy Spirit, we invite You here. Thank You, Lord. As we draw close to you, Father, every every chain, every shackle is taken off as we come into the presence of the King. Even ones that have been there for years, Lord, they fall away at the sight of the Almighty God. Come on, just lean into Him this morning. Just push into Him. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Receive what you have for us, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just stay in this place for a bit longer. Come before Him. Lord, you have our whole heart this morning. Have our full attention, Lord. Come into your house this morning, God. We come into your lounge room this morning, Lord. In your throne room this morning, God. You are here, Lord. We're not here by ourselves this morning. You are here. We're here for you, Lord. We're ready for you. We love you, God. Invite you to come. Be close to us. We incline our ear to hear from you this morning. Hear your spirit. We pray your breath will be felt in our lives this morning. The breath of your scriptures would impact us this morning, Lord. Come on, just before we switch off, just before we move along, uh, just... If you came with some heavy burden this morning, just go a bit further. Just lift your hands a bit higher. Let Him recognize your step toward Him in faith. Thank you, Lord. You set people free. It's what you do. It's what you do. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name, Jesus, that these shackles be broken off, these chains of restrictions be removed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're a people with no barriers. We're a people with no strongholds, no bondages that have been removed in Jesus' name. Help us to walk in that, Lord. Help us to receive that freedom in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, if you haven't already... 
I'm really praying and believing for a breakthrough for you this morning. That's why I've come to church. You can have your seat. That's why I've come to church this morning, because I want to see you guys break through into something. Um, can I ask you, can, can we feel the first three seat, first three rows up? Is that all right? If you could make your way to the front, and the slower you are, you're only going to be left with the very front row, so you, you might want to move quick. just makes it easier for me. Good morning, everybody. You guys are rebels, I tell you. Fourth row. Bet you sat in the back seat of the bus too, right? Uh, very good. What did you come to church for this morning? Any thoughts? Are you just sort of habit now, Sunday morning? To get blessed, okay. I came. Um, I came this morning because I got a word for some people this morning, and I know it's it was for me as well. Um, so I'm happy just to preach to myself this morning, if that so be it. But uh, but I think there's probably some other people in this category as well. So I'm. I came that you'd be blessed this morning. You'd hear from God. The last thing I'd want you to do is just to come out to church out of routine. The last thing I'd want you to do is to come to church with nothing to give to the Lord, nothing to give to each other. That would be terrible, terrible thing to do. So I pray this morning that uh, together, the body as we come together, we encourage each other and we hear the voice of our Lord and we are changed. Sound good? Thank you, Susan. This is the morning for you this morning, Susan, I think. So soak it up. Take all you can. Get that pen going frantically. Uh, we're going to read the scriptures from Matthew chapter 15. A pastor said to me, don't forget to read the scriptures when you preach. When you Because if you've got nothing to preach, at least you've read the scriptures. And change someone's life. Here we go. Matthew 15. We're going to go from verse 1 to 15. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived in, from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old traditions? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of their father and mother must, must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I have given to you. What I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, For these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and to hear. Listen, he said. 
and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realize that you offended the Pharisees with what you said? Really? (laughs) I think he worked that out. Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable so that we, so uh, that says people aren't defiled by what they, and he goes on and he teaches. So I'm going to stop there. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for this story. Lord, it's, it's truth. It's factual. But it's so much more than that. It's deep. It's deep truths that have been there from the beginning, even before these words were printed, about who you are and how you work. We pray that that life would come into us this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I've titled this message, Don't Be an Ian. Ian as in I-A-N. Sorry if anyone has an Ian in their family. I'm pretty sure there's no one in the room. But you may have an Ian in your family. Dan does. I'm sorry about that. People think your name is Ian. Dan. And people think you say Ian. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, don't be an Ian this morning, Dan. I want you all not to be an Ian. And this is what I mean by that. A Christian without the Christ. Right? Well, you're left with just the I-A-N. It's just my little trick for trying to keep the memory of what was preached about on a Sunday morning fresh in your memory. Not to be a Christian without the Christ factor. Not to be a God follower without the God factor. Okay? That's where I'm going this morning. These people, these Pharisees, well, they would definitely they wouldn't have used the term Christians because Christ had only just come. But for, for the sake of this message, they were Christians without the Christ. They were ones with knowledge without the real God who is alive and well. That was him. They were Ians. They were a bunch of Ians. And I want you to not be an Ian this morning. But here's the truth. I believe the longer we have been a Christian, the greater risk we are at of pacifying our faith, becoming an Ian. The longer we have been a Christian, the greater risk we are at of pacifying our faith. Faith is meant to be active. On a guitar, often you have two pickups. You have a passive pickup and you have an active pickup. There's a battery built into the back of your guitar that goes to the active pickups. That gives power. You would know this, right? That gives power to those pickups. The other pickups can work without any power. The active pickups is who we're called to be. The active Christian is who we're called to be. One's connected to some sort of power source, not just passive, not just floating around, not just following Basic guidelines like these people were. The Bible says faith without works is what? Thank you. 
Matthew chapter 7 talks about the true disciples. The difference between a true disciple and a false disciple. It gives a story, or Jesus gives a, a picture of a bunch of people getting to heaven, or getting to the gates, but not being able to enter in. And, and they said, but didn't, didn't we, we prophesied? We, we perform miracles. We cast out demons. Why can't we come in? And what was Jesus' response? He said, the, the, the God would say, away from me, for I never knew you. You're with me? I brought you down into the third row so you could talk to each other this morning. Away from me, I never knew you. There's a, there's a key here that we're going to unlock this morning to being a Christian and not an Ian. There's a key here that's going to, the difference between being passive and being active about our faith. Away from me, for I never knew you. I don't care what you've done, but I don't know who you are. We're looking at this morning what it means to be known by God and for Him to know you. To actually, to be in relationship with Him. In the end, that's all that matters. Our relationship with God. And the risk at being a Christian for so long is that the relationship falls away and is replaced by routine. Is replaced by church and Bible study and just knowing some truths about our God but no relationship. Relationship is the ongoing factor. Relationship is the thing you cannot fake. You cannot pretend. You cannot just add a couple of things into your life and, and assume that you have a relationship. A relationship is this connect, connection, this ongoing. You know who he is and he knows who you are. Okay, you with me this morning? I've got a couple of questions for you. Do we actually pray still? As Christians, are we praying anymore? Because I, I, we have this risk of the more we are calling ourselves a Christian, the less we actually pray. Have you ever done this? I've done this, and I don't know if you're like me, but have you ever told somebody, oh, I'll pray for you, only to never pray for them? Has, have you been asked by someone, can you pray for such and such? Absolutely, but you don't. I don't. It might just be me. But it's not you, Kelly, it's just me. Okay, you've done it, thank you. But there's this, this we, as, as time goes on in our Christian walk, we, we say we do stuff. We act like we've done stuff, but we don't actually do the stuff. You know what I mean? And it's the stuff that matters in the end. It's the relationship, it's the talking, it's the communication with God. It's the relationship that's going to make you at the end say, I know you, come on in, I've been waiting for you. Not, I don't know who you are. Have you heard this morning? Is that all right? Do we actually pray or, or do we just expect the benefits of applying the principles. Ooh. 
We've learned some principles. This book is a book of principles. And as a Christian, as, as, as time goes on, we learn the principles. Sometimes I believe we can fall victim to just applying principles in our life and letting go of the relationship between us and God. And Jesus confronts these Pharisees like head on. He can't stand it because they had principles, they had teachings, they had traditions, they had rituals. They had it all. But he can't stand them because there is no relationship. They are like whitewashed tombs. So my question this morning, is there still a relationship? between you and God? Do you still hear his voice? And does he still hear your voice? Fascinating, these Pharisees, these teachers of religious law, studying the the scriptures from very early childhood, experts in it. Fascinates me, though, is they didn't recognize the Savior when he came. True? Okay, absolutely. Big point of it. But it fascinates me that even the teaching they would have been teaching on the Messiah, when he came, they didn't see him. Gadget said if he didn't all hear him, as just they didn't respond to John the Baptist's message. So they disobeyed. But it's it's fascinating how we can know so much and not recognize Jesus when he's standing right before us. How's our relationship with him going? John 10 27 says, My sheep. So he's obviously saying there's sheep that aren't his. But my sheep, they listen to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I want to encourage you this morning to lean into God. To pray to God. Lean into him throughout your life. Lean into him daily. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn this morning because there's a second area that I felt God wanted to me to share with you this morning, but it actually marries in. It comes back together. There's another scripture. There's another story in the Bible. It's the story of Jarius. Jarius has a sick daughter. Jesus is walking the earth. He's performing miracles, signs and wonders all over the place. There's a crowd gathering around him constantly. He's known, he's very well known now. Jarius hears of him and he comes and finds Jesus. He leaves his home, comes and finds Jesus, only to find a massive crowd around him. Jesus is doing his thing. But he's desperate, Jarius. He's desperate because his daughter is at home, very sick, not just like the flu, like very sick. And... um, and he, and he comes and he, he manages to get in front of Jesus and ask him the question. He fights through the crowds. He fights and gets Jesus' attention. 
And he said, Jesus, will you come with me to my house and see my daughter? She's very sick. Yes, I'll come. Jesus starts his journey. You see in this chapter, the the story stops. It pauses for a moment. And the story of the woman with the issue of blood comes in right at this point in time. So he's on his way to Jairus' house. But in the meantime, another lady comes and presses through, touches him. We know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is distracted from his mission for a moment, deals with this lady, heals her, sets her free, glorious day for her, amazing story. So good, that's another day, that story. But Jarius has been standing there patiently, uh, but knowing his daughter's not getting any better. Until somebody comes from Jarius' house, one of his servants, and, and finds Jarius, he's puffing and panting, and he finds Jarius finally, and he said, Jarius, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter, she's just passed away. She's just died. <sighs> Imagine Jarius in this moment. He's, he gets the word, his daughter's passed. And I can just imagine him just looking stunned, possibly even losing his footing and, you know, just out of it. Like, and I, I get this picture when I'm thinking of this story of like, you know, a boxer and boxing just, just gets hit in, in the temple or something and he's just dazed. And the bell rings and someone grabs him and sits him on his chair and he's just he's just everything's blur. And this is this is what I'm this is what I'm picturing Jarius uh, state is right now. He's just like, whoa, what oh he's just lost everything. You know? He can't see clear, can't understand. And Jesus turns to him like a the trainer at the boxing ring. He sits down, his boxer, slapping him on the face, getting, getting him to come back. Come on, come on, stay with me. And Jesus says something which is amazing. He said, Jarius, don't be afraid. Have faith. She will be made well. Something along those lines. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Jarius, in the midst of this, is, gets his focus back again and finds his feet and they continue on the journey. And a fascinating story. And they get there and Jesus raises this girl to life. It's, it's awesome. But Jairus, in the moment of, of ultimate, uh, of being knocked out, Jairus, in that, that moment of not seeing clear, not hearing, all of the, the, the noise of the crowd was just, well, he was seeing stars, he was just like, everything is just, just been ripped apart, ripped out of him. And yet he finds the voice of Jesus. He says, Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Don't let this fear of this situation you find yourself in right now, don't even let the fear of that messenger that came and gave you that message, don't let that fear take over. Don't be afraid. Have faith. Here's where I'm going to tie it together. I believe that the the greatest uh, counteraction against fear 
the greatest tool you have against fear in your life is your relationship with God, is your ability to hear his voice in the moment, your ability to go to him with your prayer and your petition. That is your greatest tool that you have when fear comes in. Think of Jesus. He's dying on the cross. I believe his fear is blurring his vision right now because he's, he's praying, Father, take this cup from me. Actually, it's just before he goes to the cross. Say, I don't want to do this anymore. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. He gets to the point. He uses the tool of prayer. He uses the key of relationship with his Father to dig himself out of a fearful position to start to believe again. Oh God, I don't know if this is right. I don't know, Father, if this is, can you do something, take this away from me? But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will. And I find that even in my prayer life, in the times when I'm praying for something desperately and I'm, I'm anxious about a particular situation, uh, something's gone wrong, horribly wrong, and I can't fix it in the natural, I find that if I start to pray, and I pray desperately sometimes. I pray like not very holy, let me tell you. I, I pray, uh, some. I give God a lot of what are you doing sort of prayers. And it's okay. You can do that. Don't be ever scared to do that. He can take it. He's a big guy. But I start like that. And I find by the end of my prayers, I'm praying as if he's in full control. But through the journey of that single prayer, I've gotten to a place where I'm handing it over to him. If I had no prayer life, now I'm not saying I've got a great one. We all need to, no one can say that. But if without a prayer life, how else are you going to dig yourself out of some situations? How else are you going to overcome fear? And fear was the thing, the topic this morning that I believed that God wanted to help some of us overcome this morning. For years, I lived in fear of man. I was a fear, my fear. For years, I worried about what you guys thought of me, how you thought I preached on a Sunday morning. For years, for years, I cared. I've moved on. I'm not that fussed anymore. Do you know what I mean? That was, my, that was my pet fear, a fear of man. I'd avoid confrontation like the plague. I'd want everybody to like me. I was scared of people's thoughts about me. And God's helping me through that. I'm working through that. I believe we all have some sort of fear in our life. I don't know if you can put your finger on it, but uh, if you can't this morning... You know, if I was to sit down with you, I'm sure I could describe a situation that would bring fear to your thinking, to your mind. And, and God has given us a great tool. He has given us the ability to dig ourselves out of fear and believe again. And it's done through relationship. It's not done through coming to church, not coming through taking communion. It's not coming through any physical act. It comes through relationship with him. And it gives you the key to rise above any situation. It's a beautiful thing. The devil would seek to have us be bound by fear. I heard 
a man preaching this week. I was listening to his podcast on preaching on uh, Job. And I hadn't realized this, hadn't done too much of a study on Job. Uh, Job, um, basically, most of us might know his general story that he was a righteous man. He was known to be a righteous man. He was the richest man of his day, of, his, of the known world. He was, he was well off. He was very, very blessed. This is before the, the first half of the story. He was very blessed, great family, great crops, great animal. Like he was, he was known to be righteous and blessed. But even Job suffered from fear. And the Bible delves into it a little bit. He was fearful that he was going to lose what he had. I didn't know that. Found that out. This he was fearful that he was going to lose what he had to the point that he his continual sacrifices that he was making were done in fear that God would take away or he would some some way lose his position, and that's a that's a big fear for anybody who's who's a leader for anybody who is is kicking goals at work anybody who's an entrepreneur anybody who's who's a leader in their field there's often there's this fear that th- things going so good I, it's come upon me sometimes man life is good life is so good everything and everyone in my life is is blessed it's so good and sometimes this fear can come in don't go you know don't 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 go too far ahead of yourself, anything could happen at any time. And this fear, and that was the fear that governed Job and was the push behind his sacrifices. That even though he's a righteous man bringing sacrifices to the Lord, there was a part of those sacrifices, an underlying thought that if he stopped honoring God, if he stopped bringing these sacrifices, he might lose everything. And I'm not saying that that was the reason why. I'm not getting into that this morning. But we do see the story unfold, and he actually did lose everything. But I just wanted to make the point of Job to show that even the greatest, even the most righteous, even the person kicking the goals, even the one out there in front, suffers from fear. And our key to overcoming fear is Jesus and our relationship with him. It's funny. God definitely has the ability to get us out of any and every situation. Definitely. No doubt in my mind. But some, for some reason, that I'll ask him when I get there, he allows us to go through so much stuff that I would, I just think, why do you do that, God? I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. I think part of the answer, I'm not saying this is the reason, the reason, there's probably many reasons, but part of the reason is because when we go through something, often we come to the point in time we are forced to lean on God. We are forced to prove that we have a relationship with God. That we don't just understand the principles. We don't understand what we have to put in place to get over this hurdle. But we actually come to the point where even the principle didn't work, God. What is going on? And he's sitting back and he's like, that's what I wanted this whole time. Come on in. Come closer to me. Bring your tears. 
Bring your broken heart. Come on, come closer, because this is actually what I was after the whole time, is a relationship with you. So let's be people that lean in to God. Let's be people that actually pray to God and listen to God. Let's be people that have time in our day that actually, we actually do this. You know, we call it a quiet time and we refer to it as though we all have them. But let's actually have some. Let's actually build our relationship with our Saviour. Amen? Manna from heaven fell daily, didn't it? It fell daily. God said, don't pick it up and try and save it for the next day, for the next day. Forget it. It went mouldy, weevils and, you know. God deliberately made it so they had to go out and get their manna each day. Translate that into our life right now. God has set up Christianity so that you have a need for God every day. That you get up, that you go out, and that you find God afresh, anew, every day. Now, I know you're all Christians here this morning. That's why I think this is such a great word, such a challenging word, because it is to me too. I've been a Christian for a long time. That, man, we all need to be challenged. Is our Christian walk just an Ian walk? Oh, we got Christ as the centre of it. Let's not be an Ian. I'm going to finish with this. This one line. Thank you, Phil. I'm going to sing this last song, Freedom Reigns, in this place. Because I, I believe that as I finish up here and I'm going to give the Holy Spirit some room to move, that fears, um, I didn't name a bunch of fears this morning. I just referred to one or two that I've dealt with. But uh, there are many fears and hopefully you can pinpoint yours. If not, I, I ask God right now to reveal those fears to you. Because if you can know what they are and apply your relationship with Jesus, you will overcome them. And I, I'm believing for breakthroughs this morning. I'm believing for chains to be broken. I'm going to conclude with this thought. The Bible says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. We sang a song there this morning. We sang it again last week. You are good, you are good, whoa, you are good. And for those that have been in church a long time, you hear those songs and you go, oh, there's no, no substance to this. There's no meat to this. You are good, you are good. There's no scripture to this. Come on, I like to sing the songs with the scriptures. Well, me too. But I want to challenge you this morning. This song of you are good, you are good is not necessarily just a declaration. It's not something that we just sing about, that we rejoice in. The Bible says to taste and to see that he is good. Not just to know it, but to experience it. The Christian walk is not to be known, known, it's to be experienced. 
Sure you can. Come on up. I'd finished anyway. It's just waffling. Good morning, church. I've got something really exciting to tell you. It's just, yeah, you know, um, I have the honour of being a stepmom. Uh, my stepdaughter is not, uh, knew the Lord at 16, but she's not walking with him yet. And I had two phone calls um, a couple of days back before she jumped on the plane for Fiji, and it was panic time. She lost her passport. She absolutely lost her passport. And she didn't do anything else except phone me, and she knew I was going to pray. So the whole time that she was looking for a passport in her car, I was praying in tongues, and I was praying, and praise the Lord, she found it. And I squealed so, so loud that I woke up my husband. <laughs> so that was number one. And number two, I mean, I'm just talking about basic needs. You know, really basic needs, something very serious in our lives, that a basic need that she was jumping on a plane two days later to go to, to Fiji. If she hadn't got a passport, she wasn't going anywhere. And God provided for such an, an amazing need. You know, it really was beautiful. Somebody had looked at it, put it in a different place in her car, and she found it. Thank you, Jesus. But I knew it was going to be God's thing. And I knew she would, therefore, have that testimony in her heart, going to Fiji knowing, look, God wants me going here. You know, she's there knowing that Jesus is involved in this whole trip because I, she knew I was praying for that passport. So it's so special that she's there for 10 days. Please pray for her. But it's just so special because she knows she's there because God wants her there. The second thing is she's a young lady who's recently had a breakup with a partner. So she's just recently moved into a, a, a new apartment. And of course, what had to happen was her um, landlord said, you're getting chucked out. That the like two days before she's going to Fiji, she says, that's it, you're getting chucked out. And so I just prayed. And I said, I just talked her through what she's talked to me about. And I says, I'm going to pray. And of course, what did God do? He turned everything around. His, her landlord apologized to her and said, I'm sorry. It was me that made the mistake. It was nothing to do with you. And she's now, I've got the keys for her apartment. She's fine. She's absolutely fine. The children are here with us. But she's gone to, to Fiji with her heart feeling good because she's got a roof over her head when she comes back she's still got a roof over her head and it's a permanent location for her which is wonderful for her and her two little boys so God is good all the time honestly it is so beautiful we have an amazing God just even if it's small things or big things but this young lady is in Fiji at the moment it's a 90% Christian country and she's gone knowing that God's not only looked after her passport but a roof over her head for today and for tomorrow God bless you Cool. Well, um, hey, so, um, uh, when was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I was, I was wondering about something. I wasn't sure about something. And, um, I didn't sort of, you know, you could kind of go on the net and try and find an answer or, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh man, I really need you to tell me, God, what the answer is to this. So I, I just started praising him and, um, and I, and I just said, Lord, I really want you to, tell me the answer to this you know I want to know for sure um, and it was amazing like it's like his presence just came over me and he just like I was just listening to what he said and he just told me you know well the answer basically straight up and it was awesome like it really rang home with this message you know because um, I could have kind of being a Christian without the relationship, you know, I could have kind of tried to find that on Google or something, but instead I just went, hey, I've got, I've got a relationship here. Uh, let's use it, you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, there you go. That's good. It, it's true. I've done that too, Gadge. I haven't done it for a while. I'm challenging myself to do it again. 
I used to read the Bible sometimes and not understand certain passages. And I'd skip over them. Until one day I was like, oh, I should ask God what that means. And ask Him what it means and it's like it come alive and showed me what it meant. Sometimes I have to read it four or five times, but then penny drop. And, uh, but I haven't done that for a while, so I'm going to do it again. I want to challenge us all just to, just to relate with Him, be with Him, commune with Him. Um, yeah, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience Him for yourself. Don't go off my word. Don't go off these testimonies. Find out for yourself, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit comes and enlightens us with an issue, particularly of fear in our lives. We're going to pray and break that thing this morning. So just close your eyes right now. You may already know what it is. If not, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Enlighten us. We don't need to know the full understanding. We just need you to identify it in our life right now because we want to get rid of it. Okay, you got it? It's in your mind? I just sense the Lord revealed something to me in my life just then, too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to invite you just to, if you're comfortable to, stand to your feet. Lift your hands. You can stay seated. Lift your hands if you want. You do whatever you want. But just open up to Him. I'm going to declare freedom over your life in a moment. Going to see these chains broken in Jesus' name. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But you don't know the extent of your indeed if you're not in relationship with Him. You don't know the extent of what He has set you free from. If you do not allow him in and speak to your life and reveal things to you. Thank you, Lord. Okay, here we go. Lord, we thank you. That whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I declare freedom over every single one of us here this morning. And even those that aren't here this morning, that are part of our church right now, Holy Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus that you'd release people from these strongholds. You would release people from these fears in the name of Jesus. That fear will bow its knee to the name of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And that right now people step into a, a new sense of freedom and a new sense of 
boldness, Jesus. Don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. Switch off to that fear right now in some way. You just put a bit of effort in. Switch off to that fear. Don't be afraid, just believe. We believe in you, Jesus, because we know you are true. We sense your presence here this morning. It's not what we've just been taught about. It's what we've experienced. We know you are here. We know you are real. We know you are in our life. You've been speaking to our heart even right now. We know you are good. We know you are good. And we lean in to you, Lord. We lean into you. You are our God and you are our friend. And we walk with you each and every day. We bless you, God. Let's sing this chorus before we leave this morning. When the Spirit of the Lord is Hallelujah. There is freedom Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom Lift your eyes to heaven There is freedom Lift your eyes to heaven There is freedom Freedom reigns in this place Showers of mercy and grace Falling on every face There is freedom Jesus reigns And Jesus reigns in this place Showers of mercy and grace Falling on every face There is freedom Well, have a great week everyone I'm just going to keep playing for a bit longer But um, we'll just finish the service there and uh, there's a cup of tea or coffee out the back to catch up with someone and bless them with, with you. So uh, have a great week and we'll see you next week. tired and thirsty there is freedom
give your all to Jesus. There is freedom. Give your all to Jesus. There is freedom. Freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face there is freedom Jesus reigns in this place showers of mercy Thank you. 